0: The last thing we were discussing was if a person does Kohanim, does that make him a Kohen? And we saw different ways how Banim or Posek, uh, who is a Kohen. And then we saw that Ribi uh, he made a person a Kohen based on his father's testimony, and Rebihiyah made a person a Levi based on his brother's testimony. And with that, we are starting. Second to last line, last two words, So now we're on the last line. Why is it we don't trust a father testifying on his son? Because the karov aviv, because they're considered related. Well, karov Then brothers aren't they related? Also, they should also be asur. So the Gemara explains that Rabbi Hiya didn't trust him as an aed, rather, He was just talking. He was saying, this is my brother. We have to share the same father and mother. He didn't actually say it as a testimony. And when he's just talking, therefore, we believe him it's like the same story, There was a story of a person, he was just talking, happened to be talking, I remember when I was a kid, I was on my daddy's shoulders, sefer, And I remember they took me out of school early. And they made me take off my clock. And they made me go to the mikveh. Why? Because Stam Tinok you know, was playing in school. is probably playing somewhere in the dirt. He maybe touched that rodent. Maybe touched something tame. And all this was, Why? Because they wanted me to eat teruma at night. And Rabbi Huya added one more uh, point to the story. That his friends always uh, you know were separated from him. He was a special kid because he was a kohen. They used to call me Yohanan the Hala eater. And just by that talk, Rabbi made him a Kohen. Just that was it. That's all he needed was to deem him a Kohen. He just told, told a story how he got out of school early, went to the Migven, ate Teruma. Tanya Rabbi Shimon bin El Azar Omer. Keshem shetumahazakalakuna, the same way Tirumah has a hazaka to make someone a Kohen. Kahma Haserishon Hazakalakuna. Same thing if a person's getting Mahserishon, he's a Kohen, the a holek, bibetin, and a hazakah. And if someone's getting teruma in betin or based on betin psak, that's not a hazaka that he's a kohen. So right away the gemara asks the question: Maaser Rishon de Leviu? How could Maaser Rishon be a Hazaka that he's a kohen? Maaser Rishon also goes to the Levi, or really it's supposed to only go to the Levi. So the gemara explains Kerubil Azra bin Azraya: yeah. teruma Maaser de Levi. That's the very akiva. However, Ribil Azar bin Azaya Omer Maaser Rishon Afle Kohen also goes to the Kohen. And the reason is Rabbi Lazar bin Azayah Zigman Yabamot, 24 places in the Torah, the, uh, the Levim were called Kohanim, Kohanim were called Levim. So Emur Damar Rabbi Lazar bin Azaya Afle Kohen. Maybe Rabbi Lazar bin Azaya said that it also goes to the Kohen. However, the kohen, did Rabbi Al-Azhar really say, or does he even mean that you could only give maaser shon to the kohen and not Levi? Meaning, how could you prove that giving maaser shon is only kohen? It could also be Levi. The Quran says, "In yes, this is batar de kansino, Aizra, This is after Elazar find them. Why?" This is a Gemara in Yevamot, I think where the Levim didn't want to come up from Babel, and he couldn't find anyone, so he find them, he took away their maserishon Rishon, and he only, if that's it, only a Kwanim can get it. The Gemara says, okay, let's say a person comes down and says, hey, I'm a Levi, give me Maserishon, and the person, maybe he learned a little bit of Mishnayot, he doesn't know about this fine, uh, and he gave the guy maserishon uh, that makes him a Kohen, And then Miri explains, okay, let's say we give it to Kohen, or even the guy knows what he's talking about. You only give it to Kohen. But let's say there's no Kohen. There's only Levi. Okay, give it to Levi. So what are we dealing with over here that giving Maaser is a proof that he's a Kohen we know that this person's father is a Kohen and the word on the street about this kid is that his mother maybe was divorced or halutza and maybe he's not a real Kohen maybe he's just a Halal and what ends up happening is they gave him Maaser Rishon in the wheat crushing place and that made him a kohen meaning that throughout the question of him being a ben Grusha, ben Halutza. now to say he's a levi well we don't have to worry about that because they love levi we don't have to say that because his father is a kohen so he's for sure not a levi so, so what are we worried about over here ben ben you don't have to worry about him being the son of a divorced or woman because Lomi baya amar maserishon not just according to Rabbi Meir, who held Maserishon is Asur to someone who's not a Kohan. Deloya Vele. I mean they wouldn't have given it to him and the fact that they're giving it to him that shows he's a real kohen Mande Amar Maserishon Mutale even according to the one called Maserishon. Once a Levito got it, he could give it to whoever he wants, and his zar could even eat it. Hanemi Le Le that's only to let him eat it about the Torah haluka loyabede, But as your Torah given right uh, to take this maaser, they wouldn't have given it to him unless he is a kohen. And the Gemara continues explaining the brayta. Right, uh, it says, "Vaholek bebet din So the person who's getting terumah in bet din, that's not good enough. No, the, the Gemara asks the obvious question. If in Betin it's not a hazaka, then where else is it going to be Chazakah? This is what the B'aita means. If someone is splitting up his father's trust in Betin and he's taking out the teruma part, and we're talking, let's say, a brother who we don't know for sure what's his story, Okay, he claims he's his father's son, and uh, okay, he was in a different country, but we don't know who his mother is. Maybe he's a Ben uh, Gerusha Ben Halutza. In that case, it is not a hazaka. The Quran says, Pshita, of course not. Meaning uh, he could be a Halal. And we you know Halal it gets part of the inheritance, so, so it, one is not a proof to the other. So, what's the Hidush? So the like explains, I would have thought the same way the other brothers are taking a piece, and this way they could eat from the Truman, and so could he. Kamash malan the Braytas coming tell me that just because you're getting Terumah from this inheritance doesn't mean you're a kohen. It could very well be that you're a halal, and you know the brothers are taking this Terumah part they could eat, and you're taking it. Uh, try to sell it to another kohen. And therefore, it's not a proof that you are a Kohen Betin. So that's what we're talking about. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, Rabbi Uda Omer, in kunal we cannot make someone a Kohen, we cannot deem him a Kohen based on one witness. And Rabbi Laza said, when, when is that? That's when there's people protesting his Kehuna. But if no one's saying anything, then one witness is good. And a bunch of said, in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Asgan, that yeah, we do uh, deem someone a Kohen based on what witness. So now the Gemara asks, according to Rabban Shimon Ngamli El, isn't that the same as Rabbi that one witness is good enough? And if you want to say the difference between them is if someone is protesting. And since the protesters only one person, that one person protesting is good enough, and that's why you, at that point you would need two. In order for there to be a real protest, you need two. But then Rabbi Yohanan said, according to everyone, in order to, to, for there to be a real protest, you need two. What are we talking about our Mishnah? We know that this person's father was a Kohen. However, but word on the street, something came out when he was a child that maybe his mother uh, was a divorcee or maybe his mother was a Halutza, he's a halal. And we lowered him, we took him away from his kehuna because he never had a hazgat kashrut until we figure it out. <laughs> and then one witness came and said, he's a kosher kohen. And that witness is better than the rumor on the street, that call. It sort of becomes a pro- uh, like a math problem. Uh, one ayat plus his father's hazakah equals uh, better than the rumor on the street. And then we brought him back to being a kohen. But then, now, then two witnesses came and said, "No, Ben Ben Halutzao, He's a Ben He's a Ben Halutsah." then we lowered him again. Remember, two witnesses is very strong. Well, then one witness came and said, "No, he's a kohen." And now you have one combined with one, so you have two eidim versus two eidim. And according to everyone, we can combine them, according to a bunch of Mumen Gamliel, according to Rebil uh, that we could always uh, c- combine these two ideas. And here the only issue is as follows. The question here is, are we worried about the disgrace of the Betin? If we keep on bringing him up to a Kohen and lowering him down from his kuna once, twice, those four says people will make fun of them even if it happens once. We lower him once, and then we bring him back up. People are going to make fun of the Betin. They don't know what they're talking about. So that's their that We have to worry about that. Tanakama, which is Rabbil Lazar, Tanakama Savar, Kevan once we lower him, there. Lo we don't bring him back up. Why Hashin is Utad We're worried people are going to make fun of the Betin. We lowered him, and then we'll pick him up. Remember, it's a, it's a math problem: two against two plus the hazakah, He's a kohen. We're not worried about people making fun of betin. But Matki, has a question: If that's their machloket, then even two against two. We should also worry about Betin being disgraced. Why do you have to go through that whole roundabout that we're talking about? One ayed, read, two ayedim, one ayed, and do we combine them? <speaking in Hebrew> the, Rav Asher says the between the, between them is: Do we combine testimonies or not? <speaking out> and the machloket is the same as the following tana'im, the tanya the witnesses, if they saw something, their testimony Adutan their their testimony does not combine to become one testimony. They have to see whatever happened at once. Even if they saw it one after the other, that's good enough. And on that note, and their testimony is not accepted in Biten until they testify together. Rabinatan omera shum'in devarav de barav. And Rabinatan says you can hear this person today, and when his friend comes tomorrow, you could hear him also tomorrow. And their testimony is combined. And that's the same machloket as Rabbi Azar and a Banshiming Amni Azar holds it does not combine. And you have one witness against two. And Rabban Shimon Mikhail holds. It does combine. And you have two against two. And you have the Hazakah. So two, plus, two against two plus the Hazakah. Then he's a Kohen. And the Halakha Le we do say that in this type of case, it does combine the first A'id and the last against, so it's two against two. And then you have the Hazakah. And we're also not worried about the, the disgrace of Betin. At the end day, Halakha is Halakha. We're not worried about it. And some say we are worried about it. And the Arapos will explained depends on the situation. If Betin themselves made a mistake, they could fix it. There's no disgrace there. But if a different Betin caught them and they're going to try to disprove something, then you always have to worry about the disgrace of Betin. And when there is much an issue with the mother, now we get into different machlok and that's the whole big Tosfod. Do we say two versus two and make a hazakah? Does he even have a hazakah to rely on? Him? Or is it just now two against two and without a hazakah and he's stuck and we can't make him a coin? It's it's very fascinating, Tosafot. Very good to look into. Next Mishnah. Next Mishnah has a few different ways of explaining it. We're going to explain it in a she's way, then we're going to go into the other Yishonim. A woman who was taken into captivity by a Goyim. If it's aliyedem a if it's because she, she owed money or her husband owed money, then muteret She's allowed to stay married to her husband. We're not worried that the goyim will mafkir her, and maybe she wanted to be with one of these goyim. And even if he's Israel, she's allowed to go back. if asura But if they took her because she was uh, sentenced to death or something, or her husband was sentenced to death. Then she's not allowed to go back to her husband because then there were uh, there were no heg with her and maybe she w- wanted to be with a person either because uh, she was trying to seduce him or she just uh, ended up liking it. So we always have to worry. Now that's the way Rashi explains it. But Tosfot, other Rishonim, and other Rishonim also, by the way, explain Rashi like this: that we're talking about her going back to her husband who's a kohen. That if it's uh, for money, she's allowed to go back to her husband who's a kohen. If he's Sentenced to death, or she's sentenced to death, then, then she's not let to go back to her husband. And the Gemara starts. The only time we said that she's allowed to go back to her husband if she was uh, if she was taken captivity over money that's chavim that's if the Jewish hand is strong over the goyim and they're scared to do something that's not right they don't want to lose their money but when the goyim are when their hand is strong over themselves and this is a sarcasm really it's talking about when the, the when the goyim are, over, are top of the Jews even if it's just about money she's still not allowed to go back to her husband we have a testimony from Rabbi Yosia Kohen Rabbi Zekhaya about a Israel, who was taken as a collateral over money in Ashkelon and her family, you know, they kept her away from marrying a Kohen. But she has witnesses that she was never with a goy, she was never tamin, nothing happened. And the Roshba explains it was an Ivan Shifha who were the witnesses. The Hachamim and Hachamim told the family, "If you believe the witnesses that she was taken as a collateral and she was taken captivity, then you have to believe them also that nothing happened that she wasn't in private with anyone and she didn't, wasn't tameh." Like the Rashba explains, they have a migo; they could have not said anything. But here they're trying to be honest. What happened with this girl? So, and if you don't want to believe them, that nothing happened; that she wasn't in private with anyone, she didn't become tamid. they don't believe that she was taken into captivity either. But the Gemara asks, the of Takifal Atzman. Ashkelon is a place, it's not part of Eretz Israel. it's part of the Pelishtim land. And over there, the Pelishtim are in charge of Israel And it says, Hurhena. That means she was taken as a collateral, meaning she now belongs to us. Meaning the time for payment came and you didn't pay, we're now taking away your wife. She now belongs to us. in. And only in that type of case, she needs Aydim to say that nothing happened. But if she was only taken to, to, to jail, meaning as a, you know, as a ransom, look, maybe you don't need Aydim. These people don't want to lose their money. So the Gemara explains. Who No, even if she was taken into, as a ransom, she also needs Aydim that nothing happened. Why? Because Aydim have the strong hand. And that was the story that they took her as a collateral. They took her as, that's our payment since you didn't pay on time. That was the story. But in general, you always need Aydim that nothing happened with her and the Goyim. And we'll stop right here.